0: You're listening to The Deadly Dose, hosted by Harini Bhatt and Megan Gesner.
1: Welcome back, Poison Pals. Today is Harini's turn to bring forth a possible new poison or just a new story about a poison. So there's not a poison in question. Okay.
0: Perhaps. We will see. You'll you'll find out pretty soon. (laughs) And by soon, I mean right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, Megan, I have a question Mm. for you. Melatonin, St. John's wort. Vitamin D, magnesium, turmeric mm-hmm. What do these all have in common?
1: Okay I actually Do not know what St. John's wort mm. Is So, okay. But prior to us recording uh-huh. we, Harini hinted That the topic at hand is something she posted Recently on our social media I did watch the video And at the end of the day I still didn't understand it Because one, I played it without audio <laughs> And two <laughs> I don't know what St. John's wort is. Fair, fair. Um, But since you said melatonin, I'm going to say it's a supplement. I'm going to say all the things you listed are supplements.
0: Yes. Very good. Very good. I love that power of deduction, you Sherlock Holmes. Yes. I know. Turmeric's a
1: spice. <laughs> turmeric is a
0: spice, but people are putting it in their mouths, bodies, all
1: kinds Dude, of places. What is that about though? Like, what is that at, about? It's Starbucks and coffee drinks with like the gold latte. I'm like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Okay, sorry, wait, sorry. If we love wait. that, I don't want to yuck your yum. Sorry. But <laughs> do. Wait, have you ever had that? <laughs> I have. I have tried the golden <clears throat> latte that like has turmeric in it and it's it's like universally at any big chain coffee company because it's something that was really popular. Hmm. But, okay, I guess I can only speak for my family, though I feel like being from a Southeast Asian culture influences this feeling. Yeah. Also, we might have talked about this on a previous podcast long ago. But – I don't like turmeric as a yes. savory thing in my yes. coffee. Turmeric to me is supposed to be in my goddamn curries, right? on my potatoes, yep. on my chickens. Yep. But if you Oof. like it, if you like that turmeric flavor in like your coffee, that's fine. It yeah. is not for me. Not for
0: yes. Yes. Okay. I was just going to say that. I'm not a coffee person, Poison Palace. You may have already known that about me. Um, I, okay. So in, in, Indian culture, I suppose. I don't know if this is universally in Indian culture, Mm. but I have been taught from Dave's mom, like when I'm sick, she will make me a mixture of turmeric and milk and honey, something like Mm. that. Okay. turmeric is an ingredient in it <laughs> and yes. it's like a drink yes. a solution and I don't like drinking it I will drink it because yeah. I know eventually it'll be good for me or I, supposedly sure. it's good for me but I don't yeah. like the flavor of turmeric I just don't right. like I don't like the flavor of it on its own the flavor is actually kind of bitter and like a weird mm-hmm. powdery flavor because of also the right. texture of it but that's why I wonder like is it even tasty like in a coffee flavored drink I don't understand.
1: I personally don't think so. I don't okay. think it really adds anything. Like you can definitely taste it, but like yeah. I said like I'm so used to it being used as a savory spice. Right. I, and actually it's used mm-hmm. for coloring too. Like That's I recently right. made an egg drop soup which mm-hmm. wouldn't you wouldn't think has turmeric, but if you wanted to create some sort of yellow coloring, you add a little bit of turmeric and it creates yeah. that golden color in egg drop yep. soup. That's, That's all I know about it. But yeah, yeah, um I guess it makes sense that it's a dietary supplement because people are cuckoo crazy with that shit. So, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. turmeric does have health benefits, but I don't know how like again, we'll get into this, but I don't know how much benefit you're going to get it by like swallowing a pill of it because at the end of the day, there's only so much your body can absorb and use mm-hmm. in one sitting. So, I the reason why we put it in our food in Southeast, South Asian cultures is because mm-hmm. that's just the right amount for you to get and absorb the right amount of nutrients from the turmeric. Plus yeah.
1: it adds flavor, color, all of these other things.
0: Anyways, we're talking too much about turmeric. Let's move on. I know. So This episode anyways,
1: is not about turmeric. It's Maybe not we'll do an episode later on that.
0: Okay. I'm sure it can be its own episode. Okay. Yeah. Moving forward. So Megan, you're right. These are all dietary supplements. So I'm going to be talking about the history of vitamins and supplements. We're going to mm-hmm. go – Deep, deep, deep. Okay. So okay. as of 2021, 80% of Americans take a dietary supplement and its market value is worth $349 billion mm-hmm. by 2026. Yeah. Huge, huge ind- industry. But how did we get here? So let's take a look at the history of dietary supplements, which actually began in the 1900s. So mm-hmm. in the early 1900s, we were only aware of three dietary nutrients, which were fats, carbs, and protein. Part of the reason for that is how we cleaned our food back then. Poor hygiene and sanitation was considered the reason for disease and illness, which is, of course, true to an extent. So Mm -hmm. all food was sterilized to get rid of any mold, bacteria, or viruses. Grains were milled to get rid of husks, rice was polished, etc., Especially in the mid 1800s, food manufacturers started to process foods like rice, which stripped off their vitamin rich outer layer to reveal the white rice we now know. Because I don't know if people realize this rice is not naturally white. You know, like there is like an outer husk, which I don't know Mm -hmm. exactly what color is, but from what I know, it's usually like this reddish brown layer Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that you can eat. Anyways, so that's where all the vitamins and nutrients. Lie in the rice. Mm -hmm. So, as white rice became popular, so did the disease called berry berry. Berry berry can cause numbness and sometimes paralysis in your legs. So, while these food processes were healthy to an extent, the process of sanitization destroyed essential nutrients, primarily vitamin B.
1: So, berry berry is tied to how we started manufacturing rice.
0: Yeah. Part of that, okay. like that, I always say the biggest example of it is how we processed rice, but mm-hmm. other, other examples are, I think I just said it. Oh, um, <laughs> Oh, grains, just grains in general. And there's also a shift like before, like ancient times, ancient humans, we would get vitamin C and other nutrients from fruits and vegetables that we would eat. But then Mm -hmm. something shifted around this time in the 1900s where we were moving away from fresh produce and eating Mm -hmm. more like grains and barley, rice, things like that. That mm. those that were just like carbs. There's no other essential nutrients in them. So that's how these diseases came about. Plus the way that we were processing them, it was like this double whammy.
1: I'm going to say Great Depression by Industrial Revolution. Yeah, tail end of Industrial Revolution led up to us turning towards grain. Yes, most yes,
0: yes, definitely. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and essentially. Processing these types of foods because it led to the era's two most common diseases, which is pellagra and niacin deficiency. Hmm. Pellagra is a disease caused by low levels of niacin, also known as vitamin B3, and its known symptoms are the three Ds, dementia, diarrhea, and dermatitis. Hmm. Pellagra can be fatal if left untreated. And the symptoms in general of vitamin D deficiencies, because there's many types of vitamin B. We didn't know this at this time. We just thought there was Mm. like just vitamin B, but there's vitamin B12, 9, blah, 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 right? Vitamin B1. So the symptoms included sores, delusions, and beriberi, which is a specific deficiency of B1 vitamin, which caused Mm. nerve damage and could lead to paralysis, as I said. So very serious stuff. This is not just like, oh, you have a deficiency. Oh, well, Mm. no, this is serious. Back then also, people would heat up their milk to sterilize it, but that destroyed vitamin C. So rates Mm -hmm. of scurvy start to go sky high. But this is what's Mm -hmm. interesting. Cases of scurvy were highest in wealthy children. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they came from families who had access to, quote unquote, the best and most healthy food, whereas all the poor kids did not have the ability of equipment to heat up their milk. So they were fine. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Then in 1912, the scientific community quickly discovered that our body requires other essential nutrients and that we can get them from our food. Casimir Funk, love that name, was a Polish American biochemist who coined the term vita amines. Or in my eyes, I'm I'm thinking he's trying to translate to vital amines. Right. Okay. Which quickly became vitamin with an E at the end. So vitamin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So (laughs) Funk discovered vitamins And proposed the theory that The diseases could be cured with these nutrients So with these vitamins And so began the process of identifying Vitamins and creating vitamin products A few years later In 1916, the first vitamin supplement Came out called Mastin's yeast Vitamon tablets It's (laughs) V-I-T-A-M-O-N There have been All kinds of derivations of this Right (laughs) Vitamin tablets, which contain vitamins Mm -hmm. A, B, C, iron, calcium, and NUX Vomica. It's label Mm -hmm. claimed, quote, this preparation contains vitamins. Now they say vitamins, vitamins together with other ingredients, which should prove of value in helping to improve the appetite, aid digestion, correct constipation, clear the skin, increase energy, and as a tonic to assist in putting on weight in weakened, run-down conditions due to malnutrition.
1: That's that's quite the cure, all. So to summarize, just because it helps my brain to understand, <laughs> yeah, sure. I like to just restate everything you said in yes, short please. form. So, vitamins were essentially a byproduct of us turning towards a heavily grain diet and mm-hmm. us also pasteurizing and sanitizing a bunch of the foods that we were eat- consuming.
0: Correct. Okay. Correct. And that, and the only reason anyone cares because people were getting sick, right? So they were like, right. wait, how do we not get sick? And I didn't talk about this, but basically they it wasn't like a study. It was just an observation that I think a farmer or maybe a scientist realized because they would feed the leftover rice that still had the husk on them. They would feed the leftover rice to the chickens and the chickens were not getting sick. They were not getting pellagra. They were not getting any kind of vitamin B deficiency. So then, Mm. but then they fed them the white rice and they started to get vitamin B deficiency. So that's how they kind of realized like, oh wait, there's something of value of nutrients in the actual husk of the food. So maybe it's not the best idea to completely strip or sanitize everything. Maybe we're removing the good parts of our food products.
1: What was the cause ultimately for us to go down this path of sanitization like I know it sounds silly but I feel that Mm -hmm. we may have done an overcorrection like that's what it feels like because I the only reason i say that it feels like an overcorrection is that we retroactively created vitamins to this process you know what I mean like whenever there's a retroactive action I think that that implies that there was a mistake in a previous process so do you Mm -hmm. know I mean, I clearly am not a historian, and I did not pay attention in school, so I will ask the basic question of, like, do you know why we started sanitizing so much? Like, was there were we getting sick from food product in general? And that's why we're like, okay, we need to start deshelling our grains, and we need to start pasteurizing our milk and all so that stuff.
0: I, I don't think it was specifically because of food. I think that was just one aspect of it that people noticed. Mm in general like this as you mentioned this was like beginning of industrial revolution beginning of cities forming and people living Mm. in crowded places and living just closer together etc and that is just naturally how disease grows and spreads because there's Mm. no such thing as public health like people are literally pissing shitting in the streets and spitting and like wiping everything on their faces and getting all kinds of things right like this like the world was rampant with all kinds of mm-hmm. these new bacteria and viruses and illnesses just coming mm-hmm. up throughout the world that people didn't really know how to deal with. What they realized mm-hmm. is we need to be clean. Like they did understand hygiene. Like look, we're going to try to be as right. clean as possible and that's all we know. And so they basically mm-hmm. just applied that notion or that concept to their food. Uh, and that helped that only, Increase with industrial revolution because a lot of these were done by steam mill, steam mm. mill factories, and things like that. So yeah, yeah. I don't gotcha. know if that answered your okay. question. Okay.
1: It, it does. Th- I mean, I think it answers my or gives support to my theory that there is an overcorrection essentially, and it is okay. And that's how definitely vitamins were formed. Okay, I definitely
0: think it's an overcorrection yeah. because the, ultimately you can get all your essential nutrients from your produce, but I also mm-hmm. feel like the reason why people weren't eating fruits and vegetables because they may not they may not have ha- had access in the middle of a s- busy city you know right, like right. it's expensive yeah. to buy produce like that fresh produce right. and if it's yeah. not fresh then it's rancid and no one's going to eat that because it's not right. s- s- sana- yeah. like sanitary you know so right, right, there's right. that okay so interesting interestingly Even then, doctors weren't happy about consumers buying these vitamin supplements, stating that, quote, the claims set forth on the labels of the medicinal values of these preparations are extravagant and misleading, said in the 1922 issue of the Journal of the American Medical Association. The truth is, a balanced diet will provide you a sufficient supply of vitamins and nutrients. A 2013 review of studies involving 294,718 people found zero evidence that vitamin supplements prevent cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. I know that's very specific, but that's what they studied. Mm -hmm. But there are exceptions. Like with pregnant women, there is evidence to show that taking vitamin supplements, specifically vitamin B9 or folate, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. beneficial. So it's really Mm -hmm. just about who is this going to benefit and are you in that category of people? Despite the medical community's discomfort, the vitamin industry took off in the 1920s and the 30s with more multivitamin products coming out, touting more vim, vigor, and pep mm. as benefits. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: very 1920s language. <laughs> <laughs> pep. I yeah. love it. The mm-hmm. first nutritional milestone for America was during World War II when American men were called to serve, but about one-third suffered from disabilities that stemmed simply from poor nutrition. Mm. So President FDR held the National Nutrition Conference for Defense in 1941, which called for the first set of government-sponsored recommended dietary allowances, or RDAs, for six vitamins and two minerals. And that was the creation of our very first one-a-day multivitamin in 1943. Mm -hmm. So that's when everything shifted, where vitamins became a kitchen table product.
1: What was the multivitamin? What was in it?
0: They don't say, but they I, they just say it's six vitamins and two minerals. I don't know which ones.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll Google it while you. Can yeah, yeah.
0: If the you, the if you're able SDR to find out,
1: multivitamin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm getting met with a lot of um, FDA multivitamin. I, know. I want no, I no, no. <laughs> you're
0: like I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you if this helps, you can do nu- National Nutrition Conference 1941. All okay, right, continuing on. By the 50s, one a day multivitamins were selling like hotcakes, and were promoted like they would actually advertise for the multivitamins to be kept on the table next to your salt and pepper. Up until this point, vitamins weren't regulated, but neither were actual medications. That all changed with a drug called sulfanilamide. This story is wild. In 1937, there is an antibiotic called elixir sulfanilamide. Sulfanilamide's origins start with the dye industry, as in clothing dyes. Chemists at Bayer figured out a way to dye molecules so that they only attack bacterial cells, forming this powerful antibiotic. So, In 1932, so before this drug was made, in 1932, a chemist named Domac, he tests a red dye that led to a full recovery in mice. And this drug was called Protonsil. Domac goes on to win the Nobel Prize in Medicine for discovering the antibiotic that saved FDR's son's life. Later on, a team in France realized that protonsil is actually a pro-drug, meaning that once a person ingests protonsil, it will break into half in the body, and only one half is needed to actually fight the bacteria. Hmm. And to... I don't think many people would know what a pro drug is, but basically, a pro drug is one compound, right? But it doesn't, it's not active. It's not activated yet. It has to go into your body and get metabolized in order to become the active form of the medication. And oftentimes, that means metabolizing the drug into two different molecules or two different compounds, where only one has an actual effect on your body. And the other one may have an effect or may almost be like placebo. So this one half that was active was sulfanilamide, which worked mm. just as well as protonsil. And it was faster because you were just cutting out that middleman of protonsil, like the whole compound. Like why not just give mm. the one half that works, right? So that's exactly what they decided to do. Makes sense. Sulfanilamide worked great, but it couldn't get away from its roots in the dye industry, meaning sulfanilamide would not dissolve in water. Mm. This makes sense. A good dye mm. on a piece of clothing should not – come off of the wash after the first Mm -hmm. wash or even ever, hopefully. But it's difficult to get people to eat a dry powder versus a syrup or a solution, especially kids because they wanted to market this antibiotic for kids.
1: Okay, Okay, you got to tell me, what color were these kids turning? <laughs> oh, man, I wish it was that simple. I wish it was that lighthearted. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, Some things make you change color. Like That's like, true. There are dyes out there. Anyway, there, I was hoping it would be like, turned out all these kids were turning red, and that was a problem, so this like, was the next solution.
0: <laughs> they become Violet Beauregard, just exactly. become this Violet Blueberry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> A chemist, Harold Watkins, endeavored to find a way to make sulfanilamide palatable for children. So after many days of experimenting, Watkins finds a solution. He finds this amazing solvent called diethylene glycol, which sulfanilamide easily dissolved in. Watkins adds some raspberry flavoring to it and starts marketing as elixir sulfanilamide. Okay, poison and pals, if you have not caught this already diethylene glycol is antifreeze yeah yep. <laughs>
1: yep yeah i i had to think about it while you're talking but i was like i know she said ethylene and then it clicked i was like okay yeah. this is antifreeze okay yep. yep yes
0: so soon enough kids were having nausea vomiting abdominal pain then kidney failure weakness coma and for many death 107 children died as a result of this antifreeze solvent the company Watkins worked for, they were taken to court, but under the law at that time, they technically didn't do anything wrong because there was no requ- requirement in the U.S. at that time to demonstrate that medications were safe. What? Many Americans <laughs> – I know. I know. This I is mean, 1930s.
1: Okay. All, right, yeah. all right. Fair enough. All
0: right. 30s. Fair, fair enough. Many Americans wrote to <laughs> President FDR begging him to ban the drug that killed their child. The government needed to act fast to prevent anything like this from happening again. And thus, the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act was signed into law on June 25th, 1938. And eventually, later on, the FDA was officially founded. So before this, the FDA was not a thing. This miracle antibiotic, this miracle drug, caused a mass poisoning, which ultimately led to the founding of the FDA. So there's a reason why things happen. And sometimes it takes A very strong
1: shake to do these things. Sometimes it takes 120 children dying from antifreeze poisoning. Like for real, for For real, real.
0: for real. I'm like literally, literally killing kids. You're poisoning kids. Okay. I mean, it's unclear to me, honestly, at this time, I could have done the research on this. It's unclear to me if people understood what antifreeze back, was back then from the resources or the sources I was pulling from, it does not seem like they knew what that compound did, um, right. or at least that company did not. And it makes yeah. sense. It's very early. It's, it's early 1930s. There's a lot mm-hmm. of compounds, a lot of chemicals that are still being discovered and understood. So- mm-hmm. It doesn't excuse at all the fact that this Mm -hmm. happened, but I don't think they understood what it did. Right. Okay. Anyways, doesn't matter. People died, so we need to do something about it. So ever since then, (laughs) new drugs had to be tested, i.e. animal testing, phase one, phase two, Mm -hmm. phase three trials, and even now phase four post-marketing trials to ensure that these drugs are both safe and efficacious before it even comes across the FDA's desk to get approved. This is the start of truly like of drugs getting FDA approved of clinical trials in the United States because before this, nothing, nothing. But these regulations did not extend to vitamins. President FDR was looking at this though. He, he was like, okay, if we're going to require medications, like clinically used medications to be FDA approved, like why not, why not make vitamins <laughs> FDA approved? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll get to that. The FDA also had a hard time categorizing vitamins and supplements. Like what what are they? Are they they're not really like a prescription medication because they don't have significant clinical benefit. They're kind of like a food product that you eat but not really, especially if mm. you couldn't eat certain foods and that's how you get your nutrients. So that's mm. sort of how the FDA viewed it as a dietary supplement. So and that is mm. how they still view it.
1: Man, that is a slippery slope. It's it is <laughs> Tricky and I don't envy the yeah. people
0: that had to decide that, like because it's very nuanced. And I I, I mm-hmm. can see see how that is tricky to categorize something like that. Essentially the way I look at it is, and I'm not saying this is true or whatever. I think this right. is just how they are looking at it in their perspective, is that all of the vitamins and supplements, they are exactly that. It's a supplement. It's not required, it's not necessary right. for your health. It's something that you can choose to take to just supplement. Your natural biome or body, or whatever it is. Whereas a, a medication is required for your health, per right. your physician, whatever, right? They think this is right. what you need in order for you to get back to your normal, considered baseline, right? Yeah. So that's, that's how they're viewing it.
1: All these Flintstone gummies. Mm hmm. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I could be eating so many just because they taste good. And Dude. now I have diarrhea for the rest of the day.
0: Honestly, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But I think it retroactively looking at that, it's kind of dangerous how they make kids vitamins so delicious. Like I remember wanting to eat my Flintstones every day. Like I wanted to sometimes I would eat. I remember eating like four at
1: once. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's actually a, like a, a supplement. <laughs> like, it, it's, it is. It's, it's a multivitamin. Yeah, like- Exactly. Yeah. You you got a lot of calcium that day. that's for sure. Yeah.
0: I, I <laughs> didn't shit for 20 days after that. No, I don't know.
1: It's true. Anyways. That's, mm, it, okay, that does make me think about that whole – you know how we talked about edibles and yeah. um, children overdosing on edibles and children over- overdosing on melatonin. And it is that like concern of make sure the packaging and the flavor is not appealing to little kiddos. Yeah. Clearly, mm. we target kids when it comes to children's multivitamins yeah. and supplements because, of course, that's a concern for a parent. If your kid's not eating enough, you're going to fear about their nutrition. Yeah. Like they're not gaining weight. Maybe a supplement will help, all this. this totally. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's such a weird conundrum. Like, it's hard. Be treated. It should be treated just like how we talked about melatonin and edibles. Like,
0: you know, it might be opening up Pandora's box to try to now regulate and FDA approve all vitamins and supplements. That would be a huge task, just because of. I'll get to it. There's just so many now. There's so many nowadays. What I do think is doable if we ever get into a position where we're making these laws or whatever. But yeah. I, what I think is doable is absolutely, I agree, because of that conundrum that you just perfectly stated, Megan, you there has to be at least be FDA approval and regulation on children's products. Children's vitamin mm-hmm. supplements, I think, is the least that we can do because
1: yeah.
0: I get it. Like, it's hard to get kids to eat anything if they already are a picky eater and they need the extra mm-hmm. nutrients. You can guarantee they're not going to eat it if it doesn't taste good. So, I understand that aspect of why it needs to be palatable for children. Yeah. But if it's not tested, if it's not s- proven to be safe and efficacious, mm-hmm. that is just a slippery slope, especially if your yeah. kid just one day just eats the whole bottle. What are you supposed to do? You know, ultimately, right. I would think that. As you said, maybe they just get a sick tummy, and it it's no worse for wear. Okay, fine. But there can always be a time where it's not, you know. And why wait for that time to come? And and if there's any new parents or just parents of young children listening right now, if that is something that you're worried about or have are are starting to think about, what you can always do is just ask your pediatrician to recommend you a good multivitamin or a good supplement for your child that they trust in and know know of, Mm. because I I can get into this later, but not all dietary supplements are not tested. It's essentially Mm. up to that manufacturer to decide if they want to test it or not. And I will say that I have been seeing a trend in the last few years or so where dietary supplements, in order to stand out in this already saturated market, they will spend the money, they will fund uh, studies to be done in actual certified labs to prove that their drug, that prove that their supplement is at least safe, if not also efficacious. Right. So there um, is data out there. There are supported supplements out there. Uh, if you if you don't want to do the legwork because it, it can be overwhelming, your physician, pediatrician, whoever it is, is a great resource.
1: Practice treating those Flintstone gummies as medication. Just yes. like we said with the melatonin, put it high okay. on the medicine shelf yep. where your kiddo cannot reach it. Growing up, I've been to so many friends' houses. Cannot tell you how many times going to their house, I go and use their bathroom and their Flintstone gummy supplements are literally on their bathroom counter. Like, she's like, whatever. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm si- I'm gonna say I'm not telling people how to parent as I tell people how to parent. It's more of <laughs> like safety safety practices, right? Yeah. It's like, I'll be honest as a kiddo, going to those friends' houses, I'd be stoked to see that gummy on the counter because I would sneak one. I would eat them. Totally. <gasps> no. like, I'm outing myself. But yes, I would be like, oh shit like gummies? What? Yeah, it says vitamin on it, but I'll eat one. And I, I did. Can. I would take their, yes. But I'm using myself as an example like any kid could do that. And well, no. in your house, in you know what exactly, I'm saying? like in exactly. someone else's house, that that's not even your child. Like, who's to say this kid? That's me, right. Megan. Took a handful <laughs> and was like, "God damn, these Flintstone gummies go hard!" Like, mm, mm, chewy, chewy. <laughs> and then I'm yum, shitting yum, on yum. your toilet for the next five hours. <laughs> well,
0: that's no. I wasn't even judging you. Like when I was saying Megan, I was because that's literally what I was about to say. Like after yeah. you were done talking, I was going to be like, you know what's even more concerning to me? Like not the fact yeah. that they keep it on their counter, but the fact that. You as a third person just visiting that home has such easy access. Like, guaranteed, I would have done the same thing. I would have been like, oh, yum, vitamins, and then ate the whole freaking thing. Like, come on. Like, as a parent, I would – I'm not saying like your own kid, it's like it's fine. But Mm. if it's another kid, that's like, oh, my God. Like, that gets my heart beating fast. Like, you don't want to jeopardize someone else's child. Of course, let alone your own. But yeah, that's a big no-no.
1: One more thing. One more thing. I think the reason why I was so quick to sneak those gummies too is because we never bought them for in my household. And there is some psychological thing where if you do not have access to certain snacks or foods or whatever Mm -hmm. as a kid, like let's say you never grew up – Having McDonald's and your parents always restricted that. The moment your friends, you go and hang out with your friends and their parents offer McDonald's, you know you're into it. Like immediately yes. you're like, yes, I want those McDonald's. Yes. So I think that's why I'm just yeah, like, that's totally right. I needed to have those gummies. Oh, dude.
0: <laughs> I know that. I probably was the reason they invented that whole concept because every time I went to someone else's house and they're having meat for lunch or dinner, I'd be like, I need some of that. <laughs> <laughs> I would, yeah, in my, and every time the parents would be like, mm-hmm. "Aren't you vegeta- Like, aren't you supposed to not eat me?" I'm like,
1: "No, no, no! Uh, bring it here." <laughs> Don't question me. Anyways. You look them dead in the eye. I won't tell if you don't (laughs) I know. I know. This will be our little secret.
0: (laughs) Anyways. Okay. Okay. Continuing on with our multivitamins. Um, Yes. So as I said, the FDA viewed it as a dietary supplement and that's how they still view it. So from World War II to the 1970s, multivitamins became a household product. Millions of Americans are taking them and the FDA sees this and goes, oh wow, like we did not expect this industry to blow up like this. Maybe we should regulate this whole market. Ding, ding, mm-hmm. ding. So the FDA tries to do just that, regulate vitamins as prescription drugs. Around okay. this time, so this is like later though, like now we're like in yeah. the early 80s. So in the okay. 80s, L-tryptophan becomes a popular dietary supplement for insomnia and PMS. You may mm-hmm. heard of tryptophan. It's supposed to be that thing that turkeys in, – in the turkey that makes you sleepy yes. after Thanksgiving. I gotta oh, yeah. say,
1: gobble gobble,
0: gobble gobble. Love me some Thanksgiving turkey, but the thing is, it's probably just all the food you just ate, and not just yes. the trip to Fay
1: from the turkey. Oh yeah, but you know, we like you to mean think of it you that mean way. it wasn't that two cups of mashed potatoes <laughs> I just put say. inside my stomach,
0: <laughs> and those two cups of butter that, that I just put <laughs> on top of my mashed potatoes. <laughs> right, too? Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Oof. Mm -hmm. In 1989, 2% of all households in the US were consuming L tryptophan on a regular basis. That's a lot. That is a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. It was a shock when reports started coming out of a mysterious illness in people taking L tryptophan. More Mm -hmm. than a dozen people died, and about 5,000 people were hospitalized with a nationwide outbreak of xenophilia, myalgia syndrome, or EMS. Look, mm. I did not look further into what that was because that's not the focus no. of the story. It is not great. Clearly people died. 5,000 were hospitalized. Let your imagination Jeez. go wild.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know what? I'll, I'll add to that imagination. Yeah. All those things, basically what was happening is people were starting to grow feathers and little like <laughs> neck bits and were turning into turkeys. That's what oh all those ailments were. Yes. Yes, I love it.
0: <laughs> that reminds me of me and my brother were just reminiscing on bad times for me, but good times for him mm. when I was younger. <laughs> um, he He was just saying how I'm so gullible and I would believe anything he said. Something like that is something exactly okay. I would believe. And he told me. <laughs> because of our age difference. If you guys don't know, we have a 10-year age gap. Age gap. Mm-hmm. So I must have been like four or three years old, but my brother told me to stick a watermelon seed up my nose. And oh I, did my I, did I did it. I did it. I did it. And then I started to panic scream because it got stuck and I couldn't like really breathe out that one nostril and I didn't know what to yeah. do. And I was screaming. My mom was trying to like pull it out with tweezers. And then Aww. my brother said to like, breathe in, breathe it all the way in up my nose. just So it just like goes in all the way and then I can like spit it out or something. And I was like trying really hard to breathe it in, but it just got more oh, stuck. And yeah. my mom was just like, everyone shut up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah.
0: but then what my brother said after that, because I was really panicking, Megan, yeah. I was really panicking. And so my mom was like trying to pull this out and while in the bathroom with me. My brother was not being helpful. He just continued to be like, Hey, if you don't get that watermelon seed out, you're going to grow a watermelon in your body.
1: And I was like, oh my oh my God. I was waiting for that. I was like, is he going to say, like, Harini, you know, at some point you're going to breathe it up into your brain and then yes. the watermelon's going to grow into your head? Literally. It's like, and you're going to blow yeah. up. I'm like,
0: oh my God. So, yeah, good times, so good many. times. And it's hilarious because my mom was pissed off. My dad was laughing and he still has that reaction to this day. Cause he was like, why would you believe him? I was like,
1: I was four. Yeah. (laughs) Like why wouldn't you believe him? I don't know know anything about the world. (sighs) I Oh, my who,
0: God. How dare your dad shame you? He I shamed know. me. T- even to this day, he was like, that was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Good old Papa B shaming oh, four-year-olds for their naivety. Savage, savage.
0: <laughs> this is the family I come from. Anyways, so, yeah, they get EMS. And this was really a wake-up call for the FDA to, to really, if they weren't thinking about it before, if they're just like, Damn. oh, we might want to regulate, this definitely sealed the nail in the coffin. Like, we must yeah. regulate vitamins. And on top of a good thing, this there was a new FDA commer- commissioner in 1990 and he was cracking down on dietary supplements for mm-hmm. and he started to push for the supplement industry to at least prove their health claims with reasonable scientific evidence. That's all we yeah. asked for. Bare minimum. Where is he today?
1: Where is I know. this man today?
0: <laughs> but the dietary supplement industry was wealthy, wealthy, wealthy. And so they lobbied and lobbied to make sure this proposal stayed at just that, a proposal. And at the head of this lobbying group was a man named Jared Kessler. He was a big-time dietary selfless magnate. One day, he calls in his network of people to his ranch at Circle K, which apparently mm. is also, was owned by, like, the founder of McDonald's or something. So he's, like, rolling okay. deep, rolling deep, okay? Yeah. And he rallies the troops to fight against this proposal. So they frame the messaging in such a way to make it sound like the FDA's proposal is an infringement on people's freedom. So mm. they start advertising on TV and magazines, saying things like, Do you want your vitamins taken away? They and they even got Mel Gibson to do a commercial where he <sighs> almost gets arrested and for bust like they were like doing a drug bust and he's like, Wait, wait, wait. This is just my one a day vitamin or some bullshit like that, <laughs> and yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. there's like it pans across the screen, pans across the screen, vitamins, your everyday supplements, taking them away is taking away your freedom, stuff like that.
1: <laughs> it's like a weird parallel that's happening at the same time with the Dare program. It feels, Yay. it feels weird. Lots
0: mm. of things can coexist at the same time, as we now know. So, the. Lobbyists, they they send pre-filled letters to consumers to sign stating that they don't want this law to go any further, and then these mm-hmm. letters are sent to D.C. About 2 million letters were written to Congress, and a congressman at that time said it was unlike any lobbying that he'd ever seen. Mm. It works. The law does not pass. But the lobbying group doesn't stop there. They decide to propose their own law, which ironically ends up passing. Mm. This law is called the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994 or better known as DSHEA, which set guidelines for the governmental regulation of supplements. So this is literally the reason why vitamin supplements are not regulated today. And it's still in place.
1: It's 2022. This happened in the 90s. So that just tells you a lot. Because of of DSHEA, which by the way, would be a very pretty name in my opinion. Like there's a real name, DSHEA. Yeah. But now I'm just always going to associate that with like governmental fuckery. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yep. And the most important item to come out of Dishay was that it prevented the FDA from ever enforcing supplements to be tested for safety or efficacy before being sold. And as I said, this stands to this day. As a consumer, here's what you need to know about dietary supplements. One, mm. we don't know if the label is accurate, meaning does this product actually contain what it says it does? And mm. two. If the supplement works as advertised and is safe, does it actually help with what it says it does? Meaning, does it actually improve your sleep? Does it improve your gut health? Does it improve Mm. depression, et cetera? Is it actually doing that? We don't know because it's not regulated to be tested. So there's literally no scientific evidence or proof unless a third party is doing it, et cetera.
1: Right. And if you want, Poison Pal listener, an anecdotal answer to the Mm -hmm. first part of Harini's question, which is... Does this product actually have what it's promising in it? Go listen to our melatonin episode right after this if you haven't yet, because that will give you some answer.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. And to give more color to that, for example, in the 90s, a 24-year-old swimmer was banned from the Olympics when he tested positive for steroids. The 24-year-old was shocked and insisted that all he took was a multivitamin. Sure enough, the multivitamin tested positive for a steroid. Nor nor, 19-nor-androsterone. Yeah.
1: Sorry, I, I know you probably said the year. It already flew right through my brain and out the ear for that. In the 90s. One. 90s? Okay. Yeah. What was the policy with, I guess I could look at my multivitamins. My but, but what was the policy on um steroids. supplements back then in- or not steroids, but labeling in terms of what's mm. in the product. Did they did they have that yet? Like, was that a requirement at all? Or? I think
0: they I think they did label it, but very similar to, again, referencing the melatonin episode. Mm-hmm. It's very common for these vitamin supplements that are not regulated to be cut yeah. with other things, other fillers, fillers, right? Et cetera, et cetera,
1: that and, aren't necessarily mm-hmm. listed.
0: They're not going to list a steroid on this. Yeah, so yeah, there it well. might have been. Yeah, so I think and I'll have another example where they're cutting okay. it with even worse stuff. So, wow. I don't know if that was regulated, but even then like for example, for the melatonin episode, um, what is it called? They they stated everything that was in there and from mm-hmm. what I can remember in the episode and the sources that you listed, every mm-hmm. it was melatonin But it wasn't the correct amounts. It wasn't the correct percentages or even the correct strength. So there were still things that they listed on the label Mm -hmm. that were incorrect or inconsistent with what was actually in the product. Now, whether or not there was additives or other stuff in there that was not melatonin, I'm not sure if that's something Mm -hmm. that's more cracked down upon in 2022. Um, But in the 90s, they definitely did not list everything that was in there or were not being completely transparent. Yeah. Yeah. Another one was Hydroxycut, which I remember, I don't know if you remember that, that was also like 90s, early 2000s, a yeah. supplement for weight loss. Very popular. I remember mm-hmm. watching those ads on TV. Yeah. Um, that was removed from the market for causing liver issues. And mm-hmm. this sparked further testing of weight loss supplements. And they found that 61 weight loss products tested. They found that of 61 products, wh- weight loss products tested, 49 did not meet standards for purity or safety. So mm. Just another thing to supplement supplement the melatonin episode. This is this is not old news. This is not something mm-hmm. that has really changed, unfortunately. Even though this is right. from the nineties or the early two thousands, that's still right. happening to this day. Right before Deshay, there were around four thousand vitamins on the market. Now there are eighty five thousand. There's plant-based, non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free, or free of other allergens. Many products are designed for different stages of your life, from childhood through childbearing, older age, and for specific current concerns such as heart health. There's now multivitamin pills that now come in liquids, powders, chewables, and gummies. So It's just this whole array of whatever you want, you can get it now.
1: I actually was going to say earlier I remember hydroxy cuts. Yeah. Um, I remember its rise and its downfall like super clearly. And I yeah. remember after um, the controversy surrounding it and it being pulled, I was very surprised that GN- GNC, the multivitamin vitamin store, yeah. survived after that because I think there was a time where GNC was actually threatened, I think. They, they were yeah. going to go down um, just because people didn't trust that type of product or that that concept of, like, an all-vitamin store, a supplement store. Right. But that is all to say, I am surprised GNC is around today. But at the same time, as you speak, I'm like, Megan, why are you surprised? Clearly, there's been an uptick. Like, something has happened in the last 10 years where we have fallen back in love with multivitamins. And I want to know who is responsible for that. Is it because of essential oils? Like... But something happened to get people. Oh, do you have the answer? <laughs> no, I don't have the. I don't have the answer. I, yeah. I was just going
0: to share my own theory because this is something that's been popping up a lot on my social, socials feeds and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, where I've actually a lot of TikTok videos where there will be people, Americans, who mm-hmm. are traveling in Europe or other countries that are not the United States, and they'll do a video on how they're like, you guys, like I had this chronic illness or i was really sick or had these allergies whatever it might be could have been anything Mm -hmm. and they're like now i'm in europe or a different country outside the u.s and i'm just by simply just eating the produce there just eating the food there everything Mm. is gone like all my issues are gone it's the food like i do feel Mm. like almost like what you were saying earlier like how we had an overcorrection i do almost feel like we are having an overcorrection again where we're Mm. over processing our food or it's like i don't know if that's possible to have like make things too organic or just being too mm. conscious about certain things where maybe our food has now become so watered down in America specifically that we're not actually getting our nutrients maybe again like I don't know right. I would have to like look at studies who are actually testing food products like generic food products from like your right. regular like Safeway Safeway Trader Joe's whatever and see if that's actually the case but that yeah. has definitely I've seen an uptick in stories and videos like that i don't know if you have experienced that too it's almost it's become a trend actually it's Mm -hmm. just trendy and it's a hot girl summer thing to (laughs) jump on the vitamin train and and like uh, like it's almost become like part of your skincare routine like you have all your Mm -hmm. little uh creams and serums and things that you do for your skincare we've all tapped into the skincare industry especially as women
1: we have collagen supplements so popular I You're have in. never, ever thought about taking collagen supplements until, like, starting two years ago. I still don't take yeah. them, actually, because it's expensive as hell. And yes. You know and I don't need them.
0: <laughs> you don't need them? And also, how do you even know it's actually doing what it's supposed to say? And if it even has exactly. the stuff, that's
1: – Right. Does it
0: even have collagen? No. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm still saying no. I don't know. But anyways, right. I right. – I think it's just part of the trends of what's happening in these last few, few years. It's just popular and trendy to do that. I'm not yeah. saying that's for everybody. I think there are some people who actually understand their health and what they what right. their body needs, and they probably like have right. it down to a T. Uh, but mm-hmm. I would say for the vast majority, that is not the case because let's face it, that's a lot of work and a lot of research to do yeah. that a lot of people don't have time or want to do but anyways yeah
1: exactly so we just take what's advertised to us at face value and we believe that things are changing but really everything's the same it just looks prettier from the outside yes that is my that is what I believe yep dare I say I think it is fact yeah, so, I agree. I agree. Do you know how hard it would be to reverse the industrial complex that we have? Actually, do people understand the challenge there? It would be so hard to undo all that. So, no way are we eating the healthiest, even though your Whole Foods might say this is cage free, grass. Oh, my God. Blah, blah, blah. You know how, yes. how hard that is? Yes. Hella
0: fucking hard. Yes, exactly. Okay. I'm done. It's, I'm it's done. Okay. Yeah, we're done. Okay. (laughs) Moving forward. Another example is a woman was on a weight loss regimen, and her regimen was exercise and this dietary supplement. She has a heart attack and was, of course, sent to the hospital. When she told the doctors what medications she was on, she mentioned the dietary supplement. So they sent the supplement to the lab for testing, and it came back positive for amphetamines. It is no secret that amphetamines can cause weight loss primarily because they decrease appetite, but they can also cause an elevated heart rate and blood pressure that can lead to a heart attack. All in all, I don't think I need to tell people that amphetamines are dangerous. So what the heck were they doing in this over-the-counter dietary supplement? Yeah. The thing is, this woman's story is not an outlier. In fact, it was a common story popping up all over the U.S., and this was terrifying for the medical community yeah. because anyone can go and buy these medications with zero barriers and potentially end up really harming themselves or someone else in the scenario that they put it on their kitchen counter and their kid gets into it or their neighbor's kid, God forbid. Right. So, Yeah. Uh, and that was happening a lot with just weight loss supplements in general at this time. Mm.
1: I love that you brought that up because I literally have restarted watching some episodes of BoJack Horseman, and that's actually a theme arc of one of the characters. Um, She ends up unknowingly getting drugged with diet pills, which have amphetamines in them. (gasps) And that's like, I I mean, I just spoiled that. But if you're never going to watch BoJack Horseman, that is something that happens to a character in the show. And it's devastating, truly. It is
0: devastating. And here's another devastating fact, which I think is potentially common knowledge but um oh god what is her name who's the who plays dorothy in wizard of oz judy garland judy garland okay yes yeah you know how like judy garland when she was mm-hmm. on stage and like acting they gave her mm-hmm. amphetamines as uppers to like keep her peppy yeah. and also make yes. her lose weight because they thought she was a little chunky mm. uh, and they also <laughs> gave her um downers. I don't know exactly what the downers were, but I think they gave her like sleep meds basically to yeah. get her down, like basically. To, to stabilize to sleep at night. her after
1: the to amphetamines. St- yeah. Essentially,
0: yes, because she was so up, up, up and hyped up all the time. And then they gave her downers at night so she could rest. And she was addicted. Of course, poor thing, she was yeah. addicted. It's really sad. Really her whole story is so tragic. But anyways, that's another time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people getting to your point, which is fantastic, Megan. Is like mm. a lot of people don't tell their doctor that they're on a dietary supplement because it's mm. not a prescription drug. And this is getting to the reel that I posted today. So, mm. any good healthcare provider should be asking you every single time, every single time, are you on any vitamins or supplements? If they don't, mm. just tell them. Just. Mm. Don't wait for them to ask you. (laughs) Why? Because there are so many dietary supplements, including and especially herbal medicines, that interact with prescription medications. St. John's Wort is notorious. I'll get into what that is. But St. John's Wort is notorious for interacting with other medication, and it's taken for depression. Two large studies, one sponsored by the National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine, showed that the herb wasn't more effective than placebo in in treating moderately severe major depression. Mm. But people take it. Actually, a lot of people take St. John's wort, especially elderly because they don't want to be on an SSRI or or like a prescription antidepressant. They they view St. John's wort as like a very – like a natural – soft and gentle medication Mm. that they can take for their depression and Mm. i said in my real post today that saint john's war is not like this quackadoodle med or herbal medication there are studies there's plenty of studies why Mm. because it's so notorious for being this kind of thorn in medicine side but Mm. essentially saint john's war does show the the studies show that it does have an uptick in uh Dopamine and serotonin, but it's not anything mm. that's clinically significant where it can really mm. like move the needle for people who have mm-hmm. depression. Gotcha. It Works for some people. Anyways, a mother who had just given birth had to have her child quarantined after the doctors found out that she was taking St. John's Wort and recontracted tuberculosis, a highly contagious infection, as a result of taking St. John's Wort. Her doctor says, quote, the trouble is most people don't consider vitamins and supplements, a medication because you don't need a prescription for it. So she didn't tell us.
1: Hmm.
0: St. John's were essentially rapid metabolized the the TB antibiotics so that the antibiotic levels weren't high enough to protect against the TB anymore. It was essentially washed out of her system at the moment that she was giving birth. St. John's wort has this effect on many common medications, including oral birth control. So it's incredibly important to let any and all of your healthcare providers know what you're taking, and that includes your dentist, your dermatologist, and if you get medical-grade facials, then your medical esthetician as well. So I'm talking everybody. Mm. Yeah. Over the past two decades, U.S. poison control centers received around 275,000 reports, roughly one every 24 minutes, of people who reacted badly to supplements. And about Mm. one-third of those reports were from St. John's Wort. The CDC estimates that 20,000 people end up in the ER due to dietary supplements and thousands more are hospitalized. With that being said, not all dietary supplements are bad, Herbal medications and herbal medicine practices like Ayurveda and more, that's just one, can help and have helped so many people. In fact, many doctors prescribe vitamins and supplements to their patients. There is a time and place for dietary supplements. Oftentimes, they can be life-saving, but it's always best to consult your doctor before trying out a new supplement. And what I really want to end with is who can benefit from vitamins and supplements. We've been talking a lot of mad trash for a while, but let's put it, let's put it this way. Dietary Mm -hmm. supplements don't do much in areas or countries where malnutrition isn't an issue for places where there's vitamin poor food as the main source of sustenance like rice and cassava. Then that is an example where having that extra boost of vitamins and nutrients is beneficial. And, Mm Being vitamin deficient is serious. I've already talked Mm -hmm. about some of them, but for example, one that's a current modern day problem is having vitamin A deficiency, i.e. retinol or retinoid. I know a lot of people know about Mm -hmm. retinol for their face, but it is a vitamin A derivative. It can destroy, if you have a vitamin A deficiency, it can destroy light sensing molecules in the eye and is estimated to cause 500,000 cases of blindness in children across the globe. It also lowers our natural immunity against infection and has caused 700,000 deaths. But how do we get proper nutrition from our diet without needing to buy and take an extra medication? Because that's ultimately the goal. We just want to be able to get these nutrients from our food. Scientists have been researching the evolution of plant biology because plants have evolved to make certain vitamins in-house. They have taught themselves how to grow these vitamins that they need to grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we are able to grow crops with our essential nutrients and vitamins in them, for example, grow cassava with vitamin A, then this could really help mitigate vitamin deficiencies.
1: Mm.
0: In an adjacent topic to end with, there is a biochemist in Australia National University named Kevin Saliba who is studying malaria. Malaria is caused by a single-celled parasite called plasmodium that invades red blood cells and steals vitamins from our body. That's how it continues to thrive and grow. Mm -hmm. Dr. Saliba is creating compounds with his colleagues that mimic vitamins so that the plasmodium steals them, but it's essentially a placebo effect. So the plasmodium eventually dies from the lack of essential vitamins and nutrients that it needs to survive. It's Mm -hmm. vitamin sabotage, as Dr. Saliba puts it. And this is what he says. I'll end with his quote, which I love. Mm-hmm. He says, it's early days, but if the research does prove to be successful, it will be a delicious turnabout. We may not be able to escape our 4 billion year thrall to vitamins, but neither can our enemies. And that is the story in history of vitamins Damn. and supplements.
1: Wow. Wow. We were sufficiently <laughs> trashing vitamins and supplements <laughs> through the majority of this. I think what I get frustrated and heated about is how tr- how trusting people are with the concept of vitamins and supplements. Yes. When it's like, no, you should treat it like a medication and be safe with how you store it and stuff like that. Like that's mostly where my frustration ends for that history. But yes, like there, there is no bad drug. Like some people really do need it. Some people cannot live without certain supplements, right? Like their body does not naturally produce. So individual basis um, must be, kept in mind here. Yep.
0: Yeah, and I agree. Like I think the key, the biggest key takeaway from all of this is exactly what Megan said. We need to move away from the rhetoric that it's just a supplement or a dietary supplement, because that sounds very gentle and right. not very intimidating, I guess. I don't know what the right word for it is, but yeah. it is. These are all medications. Anything that you're taking, like a pill or a solution or whatever, into your body that is not grown out of the ground or harvested or whatever naturally that is a medication it's a drug why because it is changing something in your body it might be for good but it's still impacting your cells and your organs in a certain way and if if it's doing that you really need to pay attention to that and it's warranted to have that conversation with your providers so
1: also i just had a thought like okay definitely Mm. key takeaway i just had a thought too like how much of this is visual as well? Like, think about it. Mm. Okay, I'm going to use Costco as an example, of course, right? Costco has that whole it. section, literally yes. pallets of supplements yeah. just stacked on each other, and then you can just yeah. grab like a two-pack of whatever multivitamin you need in their supplement section. Yep. And it's one of those things, like, thinking about it, I, my family has had a Costco membership since I can remember. <laughs> so as a kid growing up and then – if my mom needed to buy supplements or toothpaste, they're all in the same section. Like yes. going through that aisle, theres I almost feel like there's this visual normalization of like, oh, if it's so available and you don't have to talk to a doctor about it and it's over, quote, over the counter essentially in this yeah. case on a pallet in the middle of a warehouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like it does give this feeling of like this is totally safe and we don't yes. need medical professional help or suggestions or advice on how I can consume this thing because I can literally just grab a two pack of this product and walk out the door. Yep. So I think it's a visual thing too. That's why it's so normalized. Yeah.
0: And I I don't blame a single person i do not blame anybody who feels that Mm -hmm. way because it makes sense it's absolutely practical it's absolutely logical if it Mm -hmm. was going to kill me or if it was going to severely harm me then my government would regulate it and make it prescribed or behind the counter at the minimum right so if i'm able to just pick it off off as you said on a pallet in the Mm -hmm. middle of a warehouse in costco Mm -hmm. then it's clearly safe for me and i don't blame you for having that mentality and that is on the greater medical community that's I am tr- I know that they've tried to regulate many times, but that's on the government right. to just crack down and be like, nope, we are going to regulate this. So right, yep. right. food for yeah. thoughts.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does, you know, it's such an interesting thing because like I clearly have an opinion and a bias mm-hmm. and I know where I would land if the government was like, we're going to start regulating this. I'd be like, okay, I think that's the right call. Yeah. But I'm thinking back to that 80s campaign with Mel Gibson and I'm like- given how things have gone in the last yeah. couple of years with COVID and the vaccine. And I can oh, yeah. totally see how that would be very controversial in this day and age. If the government, yep. FDA was suddenly given power to regulate our vitamins and supplements, that would not go well. It wouldn't.
0: Nope. It just wouldn't, no. especially yeah. in this today's climate. So it is, its mm-hmm. It's definitely – I can see it being the bottom of the barrel in terms of priorities. (laughs) That's for sure. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not with
0: COVID and monkeypox going on.
1: (laughs) I I know. Harini, this was absolutely excellent and incredibly informative. I have honestly been dying to know the history of how we got to this place with vitamins and supplements, and you absolutely delivered. So thank you. Let's go into our antidotes. Perfect. All right. My antidote (laughs) – I referenced I went on a Costco run recently. Mm. Yes, that is going to be my antidote mostly because I have been eating out like a fool. Mm. If you eat out day by day you are not a fool. I'm I'm uh, sorry. I shouldn't have used that language. I never want to you know I get it. Get, life gets tough. Sometimes eating yeah. out the easiest thing. For me it was it was go it was I wanted to go back to a place where I enjoyed cooking again. I said mm-hmm. this like several episodes ago. Basically, I relapsed. I relapsed into eating out, okay? Anyway, <laughs> finally, finally did my big, fat Costco run. Love it. And bought lots of veggies. Yes. Um, because I realized I wasn't getting the veggie amount that I usually would eat when I cook for myself when mm-hmm. I was eating out.
0: because Yeah. You were getting your nutrients. You're ve- your essential nutrients. Exactly. There you go.
1: My eating out choices were not very veggie friendly and I love veggies, but there's something about, I'm such a curmudgeon about ordering (laughs) veggie heavy dishes when I'm out because in my head, I'm like, I can easily cook this veggie dish at home. So I get into that rut of like, I'm never going to order a salad because I can make that for cheap and just as good at home. I'm one of those people. Yeah. Um, Don't get me wrong. I love like- If it's gonna be stir fried in some sauce with some tofu, like I'm all about that type of vegetarian dish. Yeah, yeah, but specifically salads that I'm like, no way, like we could cook that up. So I haven't been eating a lot of veggies. Yeah, that's the point. Anyway, (laughs) did my Costco run? Got a lot of veggies. Very excited to cook again, and um, it it is my goal to just like not eat out for the next month. We shall see if I achieve that. We'll see. I, we'll check probably back in a you, but you know what? Yeah, like I, I'm setting the bar low, like real realistically. Probably <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. go out on the weekends, but that's fine. That's my antidote. Is like love it. I'm gonna cook at home. <laughs> <laughs> great, that's great. Yeah. That's always a great
0: goal to have. At least mm-hmm. we can see if we can stick to at least during work days that we yes, eat at home. Exactly. That, that is probably more exactly. doable. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say my reasoning for never ordering anything healthy when I yeah. decide to order out is because ordering out for me is associated with this is your time to go sin first mm, like anything yes. as sinful as you can get that's yes. what i want you to order so my brain is devil mode i love that
1: no absolutely totally <laughs> totally yeah, totally. yeah, yeah i can me. completely empathize yes yes okay my
0: antidote is mm, mm, mm. um i think my antidote oh i did have my an antidote. my antidote. is actually a show uh I have really been surprised by The Morning Show on Apple TV, uh, which I know not everyone has an iPhone or has access to Apple TV, whatever. But anyways, for those who do, uh, The Morning Show, I don't know if you ever heard of it, Megan. Is this the one with Jennifer Aniston? Yes. This is the one with Jennifer Aniston. I have heard of it. Okay.
1: Yes. And I've heard good things. Yeah.
0: It's quite yeah. the cast. Like, it has Jennifer Aniston mm-hmm. and it's Reese Witherspoon who are starring. The rest of the cast is phenomenal. Um, mm. Oh, God. What's his name from The Office? Steve Carell? Yes. Okay. Steve Carell is also in it. Anyways. Yeah. So, I I got to say, I've <laughs> never been a fan of Friends. And <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, she's great. She's phenomenal. I'm not going to take anything away from that lovely gal. Yeah. But uh, her, she has a certain style of acting. And it's just not for me. And that's just what mm-hmm. it is. Um, mm-hmm. So, I was – apprehensive to watch the morning show because she plays a heavy part in it but i have been so impressed and so deliciously surprised by her because she is phenomenal she is great with reese witherspoon and it's just a really surprisingly good show and i only say Mm -hmm. surprising because i'm like oh look how exciting can be how exciting can a show about like a morning show be but it is really really good
1: all right harini let's take it away
0: Alright, so guys Don't risk it for that Sneaky Amphetamine filled vitamin vitamin Vitamon biscuit (laughs) Thanks guys, we'll talk to you later Bye. Bye